Hey, what's going on guys? Episode eight, we spoke to a teacher in our district, uh, Ricardo. He had a very interesting perspective. I was kind of surprised to hear his viewpoint. And I think it kind of um, is important to understand his viewpoint considering everything going on. Another thing that I did confirm is that uh, Jody McClay did confirm with Danny Gonzalez during the feedback process that uh, getting feedback from parents of piloted students is and was the normal procedure. And um, obviously we covered it already. That was a huge fail, which is why they are implementing a new process to make sure that that doesn't happen again. But uh, again, they're according to Danny Gonzalez, there was a, a process already in place that required feedback. So I did confirm that. And then uh, I spoke with Aaron. He hasn't gotten me the screenshots we discussed during our episode yet. He said he's still working on that. He just hasn't had time, but I haven't received them yet. So when we get that, we will kind of cover that. But yeah, this is episode eight, uh, another teacher's perspective. And very interesting considering uh, all the controversy with teachers. Enjoy. See you guys later. Thanks for tuning in. You ever wonder what is the truth? There go those two guys again. Why do they care so much about the truth? I honestly think their questions for the truth are problematic. Don't we all? Good to see you, man. Thank you for coming out today. I appreciate it. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad you have me here. Yeah, yeah. No, glad thank you. So, uh, you're a teacher in our district, and um, tell us a little bit about yourself. How long have you been a teacher, and uh, you know your story? Right, right. Well, um, you know, uh, I've lived in Temecula since 1985. Oh, um, my folks brought us out here from Los Angeles, just trying to get away from um, the big city. Grew up in Temecula. But I did not necessarily go to Temecula schools uh, as a child. Uh, I went to a private school. Then um, went to Temecula Valley High School for a bit and then uh, ended up in Marietta. And uh, I got a job as a teacher because I really, really like children. You know, some people become teachers because they have like a burning passion for their subject. That necessarily wasn't me. I just like kids. So I couldn't really think of what else to do other than work with kids. Like I knew it had to be kids. So teachers sounded like a great option. Uh, got a teaching job. I worked in Fallbrook. I worked in Vista. Worked in San Isidro, and then went over to Riverside. And then, um, when I thought about raising a family, Temecula just seemed like the right choice. So ended up in Temecula. That was 18 years ago. Hmm. Oh, wow. So uh, been in Temecula for 18 years as a teacher. Wow. Yeah. So that's how I'm. That's how I'm here. Um, back in hometown. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome, man. That's that's a long time since eighty since you've so you've been here since eighty five, but you bounced around as a teacher and you've been a teacher here for eighteen years. Correct. Yeah. When I went to college, I moved down to San Diego, and then I was I was subbing to Fallbrook for a little bit. Um, I became a teacher at age twenty one, so I've been at this for a really long time. Wow. Yeah. So uh, I, I I worked in different different school districts, and um, finally, you know, when I when I was when I was about to have a daughter, I, I realized, like, I really want to raise my kid in a place that's safe, in a place that, um, that has good values and good families and, 
And Temecula was the right choice. <clears throat> and I'm glad I did. You know, mm-hmm. I'm still glad I'm here. Yeah. You know, and, and that's interesting to hear. I don't know if you heard our last episode yet, but we had a, a, a parent on who's who has a lot of teacher friends. He's kind of like pro recall with everything that's going on. And um, Temecula seems like this place that is just um, a lot of people really like and a lot of people are passionate about and a lot of people have a lot of good things to say, you know, but all of this chaos that's happening all around with the school district it, I, I think it's it's really unfortunate and we've had one teacher on already and, and I'm really trying to reach out to teachers and kind of get their perspective on things and um, I don't know I, I guess I, I wanted to have you on and kind of give us a feel of, of your opinion as far as what's going on in the district and, and, and what's your opinion on, on what you see with all of the controversy well, that's kind of a loaded question. You know, there's so much. Um, right off the bat, I could tell you, you know, being a teacher here, one of my first takeaways was we have amazing kids. We have amazing kids. We have amazing families. We have phenomenal teachers. And when I first came to Temecula, the very first thing I noticed was that um, our leadership was weak. That was, the, that was the first thing that just shocked me. You know, I remember going to a district in-service and 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 receiving you know what they call training and um walking out of there saying wow that was like the worst training i've ever been to and um it's never gotten any better yeah so um it's a loaded question where i feel like our community is so good that it's a great place for incompetent people to hide Ah. especially in terms of leadership so when i see all the things that are happening in our school district um the first thing i think of is we have incompetent leadership and these issues are finally coming to the surface and then do you mind like for me and like the listeners okay so you've been in the school district and like the whole school world for so long i don't i never knew really and i don't think a lot of people know like what a superintendent does when you talk about leadership are you talking about the school board but then we have the district office so we have admins yeah nobody under i don't I don't either, but nobody understands the levels of things. And I think when we were talking, you explained it pretty well. So if you want to like let the guests know, like, okay, like the district, the school board, the way I thought you explained it was like, if you're at a restaurant and you hire some like really good managers, that's the school board. They take care of the teachers, the servers, the workers. They're on the ground floor, right? Like they're at the restaurant on the Friday night. They know how busy it is. And it sounds like the district office is like the corporate on top of like say Red Robin. So right. they're not really working on the ground, right? They, they may have never been a server or worked in a restaurant their whole life, but they have a degree in, in uh, let's say accounting or like, and they're the, is, it, is that how the district office works? Is that like right. they're, they're like? Well, you know what, you, you, have, you have a lot of different players. So I, I guess I do need to clarify what I mean by um, incompetent leadership. Um, you know, you have the teachers and then, you know, you have the union, you have the district, and you have the board. Okay. And um, when I say that we have incompetent leadership, I'm speaking of district. I'm speaking of district leaders. Um, they're incompetent to the core. You know, um, I, I can just give you example after example, but I think every teacher that is a vet and tr- veteran teacher that has worked with people from the district, worked with leadership, and I'm talking about district officials, I'm not talking about the board. Um, these are the people that create policies. These are the people that adopt curriculum. These are the people that create uh, UPOs and assessments. Hmm. 
they're not good at their craft. They don't know what they're doing. So they're setting teachers up for failure. They're providing no support for teachers. Things are rough in the classroom. I'm a veteran teacher, so I know my craft really well, but most teachers don't. Um, when the district office provides some kind of training, um, some kind of workshop, veteran teachers just kind of listen to them and we know that they have nothing to offer us. Huh. But if you're a new teacher, you're listening to them diligently and you're putting into practice all these stupid ideas that they're throwing at you, and then you quickly become frustrated and disheartened hmm. and they don't work. And the reality is it's because they've been out of the classroom for decades. Yeah. They don't know how to work with kids. You know, give, let me give you an analogy that kind of works well. Um, I grew up playing baseball. I wasn't the best, but I was pretty good at it. And I think um, I stopped playing baseball around age 15, and I never really touched a baseball bat again. Most recently, um, you know, I'm 45, so that was 30 years ago. So um, most recently, my son started playing baseball. And I'm like, look, son, let me show you how to hit. <laughs> and I threw the ball up in the air, and I missed. And I'm like, oh, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm just a little bit out of practice. Yeah. So I threw the ball up again, and I missed, and I missed, and I missed. And he's like, Dad, I thought you were good. And I looked at my son, and I said, son, I'm out of practice. I just I, I forgot how to hit the ball. You're like, I was good. Stop yeah. it. I was good. I was good. And I was like, maybe I got to put my glasses on. That's probably what it is. Yeah. And that's what's happening in the district office. You have all of these people that have been out of the classroom for so long that they forgot what it's like to work with kids. They forgot why they're there. That's the reality. We became teachers because we love kids, because we love watching kids learn, because we like working with parents, because we like being part of a community, because we like that atmosphere of learning. Like there's a, there's a feel that a classroom has when, when like kids are learning and kids are enjoying it. It's not oppressive, like it's happy. It's like this awesome feeling. They don't know what that feels like anymore. They yeah. lost it. Yeah, it's so funny when you mention that when when you took because I never really gave it like too much thought. Like I've heard of the district office, but I was so when you explain it that way, I just thought of every job I've ever had, like in customer service. <laughs> you know, when you're working there at like whether it's like Costco, a restaurant, you know, uh, anywhere, right? I always think of like all the workers on the ground never like corporate. Right. Corporate always has the worst ideas, right? <laughs> They're always they sending down cut the staff. We need to save money, and you're like, yeah. you're not even here. You're you're like. You're emailing me about how busy the restaurant is on a Friday night from a, a corporate office in Irvine. You've like, and you've never been a server. Yeah. And yeah. so I always like when you say that, <laughs> I think of like, yeah, those people, like you said, if, and they haven't been a teacher for so long, and like, it sounds like the school has changed quite a bit. I know people always go stop bringing up COVID and the mask, but like that was a huge change. And, like, it was really it was. got br it's like to me it really got brushed over. I think we're gonna talk about the disenrollment and like the stats of math and English and stuff. Right. And everyone's like, how did that happen? Right. It's right. like, oh, I don't know. Maybe because you forced the kids to wear masks for three years well, straight. You know, like I, th I think all of this is relevant because I think that I think a lot of parents and community members are really being pulled into the concept of the problem is the board. The problem is the board. Right. right. But when I talk mm. to parents since we've started the podcast, we've had a lot of parents reach out that talk to us about issues they've been dealing with. And I ask them, are these new issues or are these issues that have existed? And everybody tells me these are issues that have been going on. This is right. nothing new. So uh, me as a Marine and understanding a chain of command and leadership, 
I, I, I want to know these questions. And I think since if parents are going to be dragged in and everybody's going to point at the board, well then let's, let's look at the entire structure and let's talk about it and let's address it. Let's all be knowledgeable on how everything works and let's point out issues that exist everywhere and, and not with the intent to cause chaos, but more with the intent to be informed and look to change it, you know? So I guess my question for you is with the, the issues that you see, is there anything that is obvious to you that can be adjusted or fixed to help remedy the issue of poor leadership that you're talking about? Well, I mean, that's, that's an awesome observation. That's, that's just good insight. Um, there are, there are problems that are, that are big and they've been going on for so long and they're just ignored. Like our campuses are not safe. That's the reality, you know, and, and I'm saying, and I'm saying safe in terms of having a place that's conducive to learning, a place where people are not bullied, a place where kids feel safe and valued and respected. Hmm. That's not our campuses. Wow. You you know, if I walk from my car to my classroom, I'm going to hear three or four F-bombs. I'm going to hear a lot of obscenity. I'm going to see things I don't really want to see. And that's the everyday reality for our children. And to me, that's terrifying. You know, I, I imagine like, you know, my children, I love them. I've protected them their entire life. We watch G-rated movies. Sometimes we write PG. We don't allow that stuff in our home. Mm-hmm. We don't allow that kind of language. But these kids are exposed to it every single day. Hmm. You yeah. hear kids yelling, I'm going to rape you. And they're yeah. chasing each other around campus. I mean, this is our school system. And I'm just talking about behavior. I'm talking about the social aspect. I'm not even talking about academics. We are failing our children. So for me to see a board that is not status quo, that is actually doing something, that excites me. Mm -hmm. I am excited to see change because I have seen status quo for too long. I have seen people just doing the same old, same old. You know, they say that the, um, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Yeah. We have seen one incompetent leader after another, one incompetent director after another doing the same thing over and over and over and achieving no results. Uh, Learning is not improving. Our scores are not getting better. They're actually getting worse. I have the data here and, you know, you could you can read through it. Yeah. Let's let's go. Let's go. You want to go over that? You want to you want to jump into that? I think that's a that's a good topic. You know, um. One thing that we have to see is, you know, I, I want to be transparent and I want to paint a picture. Temecula is in bad shape. It really is. It's worse now than when I first started. But I think what we're seeing is we're seeing a statewide trend. trend. Hmm. This is happening all throughout California. Do you think COVID has anything to do with that, that delay of the learning environment and things like that? COVID has a lot to do with it. Um, in our district, particularly because of how poorly COVID was managed. Um, but... You know, I, I have here uh, an article, um, it's by EdSource, and its its title is Nearly Half of California Students Can't Read at Grade Level. The correct figure is actually 58%. Research shows that 58% of all California students cannot read at grade level. Hmm. And if you're a child of color, that statistic is 75%. That's shocking. Yeah. yeah. That's shocking. Um, we have the worst literacy scores of any state. 
And, you know, you could say, oh, this is all throughout California. Temecula is a bubble. Temecula is so good. But it's not. I mean, I pulled up the California dashboard, and I was like, I'm at Temecula Middle School. Let me just take a look at my scores. Uh, we're lower than the state average in math. Wow. In Margarita Middle School, Vail Elementary School, Temecula Elementary School, our chronic absenteeism is extremely high. Like, we are in bad shape. And this is not something that the, that the board did. This is something that has been occurring before COVID. Yeah. So it's been, it's been going on and it's been getting worse. You know, for example, Jody McClay got fired. Okay. Um, I can't tell you one thing she ever did. And I've been there 18 years. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't think of one thing she ever did. They're really up in arms about that too. And like, <laughs> I always thought like, yeah, nobody ever explained like who really Jody was or what she did. I remember during COVID yeah. and stuff, she would if parents would come in and speak about like the the mask or whatever or trying to get exemptions. I remember her one time saying after like kind of brush us off. Like I heard a lot of misinformation today from these parents that she just kept yeah. going along like with <laughs> yeah. her merry way like yeah. and yeah. then she got shocked when the new board came in and fired her for like her incompetence. I know and it's just like and and this is just one example of many. Um that's kind of one of our root issues in our district. Um, I think this is very specific to Temecula. Temecula never promotes anyone with ability. If you're a good teacher, you're seen as a threat. Wow. The last thing they'll ever do is move you to admin. Huh. Because you know what you're doing, and you're going to change things. Yeah. So if you're a good teacher, you're going to remain a teacher for your entire career. That is the reality. People are promoted not on ability. They're, uh, I mean, they, they are promoted on their ability to say yes. Yeah. It's like, yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. And, oh, you're perfect for the job. You could say yes. It doesn't matter what stupid thing we're going to ask you. It doesn't matter if you want to get results or not. If you could say yes, that's the Temecula way. Mm. And that's something that people don't understand. So for me, to see people actually doing something different, that's encouraging. Because it's not about politics. It's not about ideology. It's about children. And our children deserve the very best. And we're not giving it to them right now. That's yeah. the reality. Huh. You know, our classrooms are set to fail. I'm a veteran teacher, so I've been doing this for a long time. I can run my class really well. But new teachers cannot. They're dying. Huh. And maybe that's why we're getting so much pushback now that really what the new school board did, the new board members, not so much what they ran on, but... The fact that I think maybe they're exposing the district and then it's like you're exposing the corporate office yeah. and to the public. And like, I think you're telling me like how many admins are like, yeah, yeah. like how many do there used to be like at the district office? And you now know, there's like, that's funny. You know, this, I mean, I could just tell you story after story, but I'll just tell you one. And you know, um, we had about, we had a, a social studies training about a month ago. Okay. And they told us, hey, you got to get a sub for a whole day because we have all these activities planned for you guys. And I'm like, oh, crap. Like, <laughs> you're going to waste my time, you know. But okay. I'm like, all right. You know, uh, I'll bring a lot of stuff to grade and I'll just kind of, you know, do my thing, you know. Um, I'm, I'll, uh, you know, I'll do my work while, while they're blabbing away. So it starts around 830. And, uh, you know, they just kind of, you know, they, they shoot the shit. They do what they usually do. They don't do much of anything. And then at 930, they're like, well, we're going to show you how to give this assessment. They couldn't make it work. Like, they're up there, they're trying to figure out how to tell us how to give this test, and they couldn't even get it to play. Huh. So around 10 o'clock, they say, you know what, guys, um, 
you'll be able to figure it out eventually. It's just right now it's locked and it's not responding. So everybody just go back to your sites and find something to do. So we paid a substitute for every social studies teacher oh my God. in middle school. And we were done by 10. Wow. And then we were told to go back to the, our, our classrooms. And, and then we have a sub there the whole time. So we're just wasting time. Plus yeah. the presenters that the district chose to come present the social studies were yeah. so incompetent they couldn't get the like I mean, computer to work. <laughs> this is this is all the time. It's not like it was a one time exception. S- this s- is every single time. So let me let oh. me ask you, right? So because you know, we just had Aaron on, you know, and Aaron was talking about how the school district here is good. I know I moved here, everybody told me how good the schools were and stuff. So why is it that those stories are contradictory to what you're saying? What is it that you what know, is it that's happening to essentially give parents a different perception? Because the reality is you nailed it. Our schools are good. But our schools should be excellent. Uh. And good is the death of excellence. We are good because we are better than Paris. We're good because mm. we're better than Menifee. We're good because we're better than Indio, but we are not excellent, and we can be. We and, and I say this with all my heart, and I know if, if you know if I'm if I'm offending somebody because someone's probably going to listen to this and get offended. I mean, oh, we, you know, we I'll say suck it up no. and drink water. I don't know. Hey, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, but I, I'm right, speaking from my heart. Right now, there's already six people sending us an email about how Derek needs to stop talking. Cheering <laughs> <laughs> my eyes you know, at, at timestamp ten minutes. But the last time I checked, we live in a free country, and I'm yeah, entitled to have an opinion. One hundred percent, exactly. Um, and I'm speaking from my heart. I'm not speaking out of selfish ambition in any way shape or form but I do things well I try to do things as best I can so it's hard for me to see something that can be better but is never given the chance to become better so we are good but we should be excellent there's absolutely no reason why we cannot be excellent Um, you know going back to that whole district office thing there was a there was a phone directory lying around and it had I had the list of every extension in the district office so I decided to count them. I was just curious, you know, how many people work here? I don't know. I mean, I'd love to know how many people work at the district office. I'd like to know what they do. Yeah. I mean, think about it. It was originally called a district office. Now right. it has, I was in building 33. I don't know how many buildings they have. <laughs> <laughs> so how, It's not an office anymore. It's like a district offices, Yeah. An, an, a district multiplex. I don't know what it is now, you know? So I'm counting all these different extensions. I counted 244 different extensions. And I'm just thinking, okay, this is where all the top bread earners of the district work. These are the people that want to make the big bucks. So let's just give a low ballpark figure. Let's say the average salary is 100000 I mean, I'm sure it's more than that. Right. But just because it's easy math. I'm not a math guy. So you have 244 people. They, they're earning an average salary of $100,000, let's mm. just say. That's over $24 million that can be used to improve education and increase services inside the classrooms. Not one of those people work with kids. Huh. That's wrong. How many how many employees are at TMS? Forty one. <laughs> forty one teachers. Well you're saying how many people used to be at the district office like back in the day? Uh, it was probably like forty. 
I mean, I, I, I don't know, but it was small. Yeah. It was know. small. They didn't have, you know, they didn't have three assistant superintendents. So, so what do those people do? What's the, uh, nobody knows really. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> they, well, they have a secretary, so they tell I'm their secretary what to do. <laughs> Make it 200 grand a year. Like, you, you know do? what? Nobody uh, knows. Uh, now, I don't I doubt that they're good people. And, and you know, I, I'm sure someone's going to listen to this. They're going to get all hurt. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they're bad people. I'm just saying that those are resources that our taxpayers paid for. Right. For our children. Yeah, right. we have a right to know what they do. Nobody ever thinks to ask. Yeah, but but it's not even it's not even really as much about what they do as it is more about it's the principle. The, the, yeah, it's the fact that as a taxpayer, as yeah. a, a dad of the district, I pay money. I expect the schools to be the best, and if most of my money for the schools <laughs> and my children is being spent at the district office for salaries of people who are just administrative staff, well, then I think that that is that is a bit of a problem. I think that that is something so. that needs to be addressed and, and worked on. So uh, we heard, uh, you know, there was a, a board meeting where Edgar Diaz got up there and he talked about how we're struggling to staff positions and things like that. But it's interesting that you say this is like, why is it that they can't then take these people who were once teachers who are qualified to be teachers who get paid great salaries that work at the district office? Why isn't there a movement to get them back into the classroom and help out like are 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 teachers right. handling the workload well like what what's no. that look like uh, you know for example we don't even have enough substitutes and it's interesting because w we have a sub shortage and originally they were they were telling teachers hey you have to give up your prep uh, you have to give up your break to go cover other people's classes and and teachers do and and then but it wasn't enough <clears throat> so Somebody suggested, well, well, you got all these people from the district office. And, and then, surprisingly, it, it, they showed up for like a week. We started getting random people from the district that were like covering classes and helping out. And we're like, this is cool. Say, I've wow. never wow. even knew that person worked here. You know, like, this is great. <laughs> never seen them there before. It lasted one week. They were getting eaten alive by the children. They had no management skills. They did not know what they're doing. And they don't come back anymore. And now we're back to having a sub shortage. The reality is, I think they're just not good at their craft. They're not good at working with kids. They don't know how. It's been too long. So mm -hmm. I, I think you, you, you touched on it a little bit, right? I, I, I had asked you earlier, like, what do you think the solution is? And from what you said, it sounds like you're hopeful about these new board members coming in. And you're hopeful about their ability to kind of stir things up. But is there anything specifically that you're hopeful about them doing in regards to helping ease the workload that's on teachers in regards to fixing this thing that exists where most of our people are in admission in administrative positions when the focus should be on children i, I mean I, I don't know right. if you know that or not but yeah. I, I mean um because you, you said you were hopeful about them and i'm just curious to I, know i'm hopeful just because i see things changing and i have never seen things change in temecula valley unified school district it's been 18 years what 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 specifically would you say is changing um they're rocking the boat yeah they're cleaning up they're asking questions. We have had a board. We, <laughs> I mean, exactly. that, I yeah. mean, that's what we're doing. The district and we, office we get all the is like, we get who are these people you asking me a question? They're actually functioning the way democracy was designed <laughs> know, to work. Right? Um, 
The board is on top and the district works for the board, but the district has always com controlled the board. So you have these rubber stamp board members that they've always had, and the district tells them what to do, and they just line up status quo, and nothing ever changes. So I'm hopeful because I see them, they're recognizing we have a huge problem, and they're taking their responsibility seriously. And I'm excited for someone that actually cares enough about their children and enough about the oath that they took to do their job and do it well. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm excited about that. Yeah, yeah, they do, too. Like, they put a lot of work in, man. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah I, I think they, they get a lot of slack, but, like, you know. You know, it's it's just the beginning of draining the swamp. <laughs> yeah. But uh, there's a swamp at that district office. I'm telling you, it's it's bad. It's bad. And, you know, some of those creatures don't like to be exposed. Yeah. And well, they, I've heard about, like, the district office is, like, pretty powerful right like i mean the school yeah, the, it's like the, the mafia it, you're telling me that and <laughs> i was is, like you know what you're right i never realized how much money is really going you know, through like the school system and I, like, I say it's like the mafia but it's an incompetent mafia so you can kind of like laugh it off yeah what's <laughs> a little joe pesci's so you're, or what? you're not yeah. worried yeah, yeah. Man, joe pesci's the man because they're not really going to get you because they can't they're, they're not good at it yeah yeah you know, i could yeah. i could tell you guys stories but uh yeah it's, it's not about me it really is it um well, yeah, that's good. I'm glad you have hope. I'm glad you're like, yeah, it's nice to see. You know, we're talking about the stats, and I think we kind of recognize, but I don't know if you want to touch on, because we've been hearing about this lady with the bullying. You're saying, like, the vibe on campus, and the left will probably be saying that, like, gays and transgenders are getting bullied. But it sounds like almost, like, everybody's getting bullied. Like, fights just happening. Like, there's no accountability from the principal, no accountability from the teachers. You know, the reality is that the schools need help and the resources are being tied up in the district office. Mm, once that, again, that's huh? that's the reality of it. Yeah. Um, you know, you asked about what I'm hopeful for. I mean, I'm, I'm a dreamer. I'm a man of faith and, and I believe and I've thought about this for a long time. And I honestly believe that the only solution I can really think of is um, is in the next superintendent. And um, okay. if if we were to keep Kimberly Velez um, or if we were to hire a soup from outside, essentially, I believe we'd probably get status quo again. Um, I truly believe that you need to hire someone that is in the classroom, that knows what the issues are, that also knows what the solutions are mm -hmm. and that can actually make the changes necessary to help our children because this is about learning this is what it's about it's about kids it's about learning it's about high quality learning and teaching and the only one that will actually be able to do that is a teacher mm -hmm. and you know somebody say I say oh well you know you can't put a teacher in there they're unqualified no they're actually the most qualified yeah they have the most experience because they haven't said yes to every dumb idea they have fought for their kids they know what works they know what's needed they know what resources need to be brought into the classroom. They need. They know what training teachers need. They know what kind of support they need. And no one in the district office knows that because they've been away from campuses for too long. Hmm. They don't know. And so my, I'm hopeful that we would hire a superintendent that is a teacher, that has experience, that knows what we need to do to make Temecula Valley Unified School District go from good to excellent mm -hmm. um that's what i'm really hopeful for now mm. if it happens i don't know I, I don't i really don't know but i think anything's better than what we have yeah um, in terms of leadership 
You know, um, I don't know Kimberly Velez specifically, but I know that she was in charge of special ed. And any teacher that has been around for more than 10 years can tell you that special ed is a disaster. Uh, yes. It's rough. People keep saying hmm. that. I it's rough. I could give you guys some examples if you want them. I, I don't want to bore you. But. Yeah, no. Please. I mean, you know, I, I had a, a dad reach out to me and basically say online that he has a child who's in special ed. And now this year his child is... Uh, received a permanent substitute and to him he has been led to believe that it's the board members fault for that Hmm. you know i mean you know special ed has been a disaster for a really long time and and um that's kimberly valesa's department that that's what that was her baby um she brought us out from you know the a selpa with the with the with riverside county and and created our own selpa um and let me give you an example, okay? Um, originally, when we had a special ed cluster, that means that we want special ed students to have the least restrictive environment. So we want them to be mainstream, and that's great. That's awesome. So they would give you a cluster. They would give you like five or six special ed kids, and they would each have an IEP, and you would integrate them into the classroom, and the result was phenomenal. I mean, you couldn't tell who was a special ed kid and who was mainstream, and they were all learning, and it was awesome, and it was great, and it was wonderful. But then class sizes started creeping. So you had 36 kids, and now you didn't have a cluster. You had 12 or 13 special ed kids in there. Yeah, okay. Huh. And, and, and then, what, and then it, it gets worse. So already you take you know what used to be five or six, and it was very manageable. Now you have 12 or 13. But the school year starts, and you don't have the IEP. It took us three weeks to get the child's IEP. So in three weeks, I don't know what services they need. What's the IEP stand for? An Sorry. IEP is an individualized educational plan that tells you oh, what accommodations okay. and right, what right. support each child needs. It's crucial. Yeah. And it, by law, you need to have it. And, and I can't go to the CUME. That's like the cumulative folder of the student and pull it up. It's not there. Hmm. So I have 13 kids that require services, and I don't know what, what services they require. And they're all and they're all in the regular class They're now regular too, in the right? regular like classroom. Integrated in. So I can imagine if... So the classes, how big are the classes with the students now? Like 40, 50? 36, sometimes 38. Um, and and it's complete chaos. Yeah. And then like nothing's working. I'm struggling. I'm trying to like help the kid out as best I can. When I finally get the IEPs, one IEP says like uh, this child needs the questions read to him. I'm like, oh, shoot, if I would have known that, I, I could have done this. Yeah. The other yeah. one says he needs it completely quiet. And they're both in the same room. <laughs> You're just wow. like, uh, yeah, how do you, how how do you, do you facilitate this? that? Yeah. Um, yeah. And you see, that's, I mean, that's just one of many, many issues with special ed. So um, that's just not doing our kids justice. It's kind of crazy, too, because that seems like that would be like a base, a basic, like, first thing to get accomplished. Like, before you send a kid in, like, the teacher should have the folder on. That's a lawsuit. I mean, that is a lawsuit, and it's an easy win. Um, It's bad. And, yeah, yeah. and the reality is that nobody cares enough to actually do something about this. That's that's the reality. You know, people at our site are working hard. I'm not saying that they're not doing their job, but, you know, they, they come to school, you know, two days before the school starts, and, and, and they don't have time to put all this stuff together. And meanwhile, you have people at the district office. I'm not sure what they're doing, but it would be really helpful if they can help with that. Like, yeah. You see, this is the kind of stuff that's just very frustrating for teachers. Yeah, you know, when... <sighs> I think, th- and this is my biggest frustration. Okay, 
I'm a, I'm a father in the district. I just have a newborn son. You know, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be here, you know, and, and my wife is, she's taught, she's trying to convince me, you know, maybe private school, maybe homeschool. And, and I don't want to do that. I, I don't think that that's the move. If I feel like if our school district has some issues, well, the parents need to get up off the couch and let's talk about it and let's address it. This is the, regardless, this is a, this school district is funded by us and the taxpayers. Right. And I, I ask these questions and I look to speak with people to kind of get to the bottom of what's going on. Not because I want to complain, but because you can't fix a problem if, if we don't know it. And there's right. nobody more powerful than the community and, and the parents. And the one thing that I see from like the recall people is they talk about good governance. And when I hear that, I'm like... You mean status quo? That's what like, they mean. Give me, give me an example. Yeah. I want a, I want a board majority that says they are going to stand on parents' rights and then follows through with that. I want a board majority that I can reach out to and say, "Hey, I'm having an issue with X, Y, Z," and then we see some movement on that end. And whenever I hear people complain about the board members, my first question is, "Have you brought it to their attention?" Have you addressed it with them? And um, yeah, I, I just, I guess a, another question that I have, because whenever I talk about this with other parents about homeschooling or other options, I meet a lot of parents that say, yeah, I had to pull my kids out of the district. I had to homeschool my kids, you know, like, right. are, are there a lot of kids like leaving our school district? Is that, is, is that, yeah. or is that just, there is. Well, uh, I pulled my kids out. I have two sons. My, my daughter's in college, but I have two sons that should be in Crown Hill, and they're not there anymore. Um, we're just Whoa. we're just not gonna. We have no faith in in our public education that we're offering, and it has nothing to do with the board. Yeah, it has to do with our leadership. You know, my wife is from Brazil, and my family's from Mexico, and and one thing that we have in common is both Brazil and Mexico being third world countries. If you have any options, you don't send your kids to public schools. My, huh. my, my wife went to a private school. Both my parents went to private schools. And unfortunately, California is becoming like that. It's becoming very third world in terms of its education. And why do I say this? You know, uh, pre-COVID, we had 1,400 students at Temecula Middle School. We are a little bit under 1,000 now. Where did those 400 kids go? You know, so we are, we're not doing great if parents are choosing to homeschool or to put their kids in private education. Yeah. Private educations are, I mean, the private schools are bursting. I mean, you just drive by Linfield in the morning and, yeah, and, heard, and, yeah. and it's, it's chaos. Um, they can't even accept more students. They're at complete capacity. Wow. Um, and the reality is, I think a lot of people just don't have faith in our public educational system. And to me, that's completely unacceptable. You know, um, I think back to, uh, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but you know, I'm a history teacher. But uh, one of our one of our founding uh, figures in public education is a, a, a man named John Sweat. Uh, Sweet, sorry, I don't, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Um, and uh, he he was amazing because I think he was like our third or fourth superintendent of public instruction, and um, he was the one that came up with the concept of free and public education for every child. Mm -hmm. And what a lot of people don't know about him is he was a teacher. He was not an administrator. He was not. He was. He was not a director. Mm -hmm. He was a teacher that was voted into that position, 
and he brought tremendous change and he basically said if you have a society that fails to educate your children your society is doomed and when I look at these statistics saying that California has the lowest literacy rate in the entire nation that's super concerning right right that's the future of our nation I agree I know yeah and and Temecula we can do better we because we have the resources we're not struggling with resources right we have I mean one of our most valuable resources is people we have amazing people. We have amazing kids. We have great teachers. We just have very poor leadership. So I'm excited that we finally have uh, some leaders in the board that are making some changes. I think they're necessary. And I wish people can kind of just put away their, you know, their bigotry mm-hmm. and, and understand that they're democratically elected. And it's our job to support them, give them a chance. Yeah. Um, because they're bringing about change. Yeah. 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 That's wow, man. Thank you. I, I, I really appreciate that. You know, I, I think that, uh, with everything going on, especially right now, you know, I think a lot of parents and community members think that all of the teachers don't support the board or all of the teachers are very upset and frustrated with the board. Are you willing to kind of talk with us a bit about that as far as like, in your experience with your peer group and other teachers, is it like a 50-50 split? Like, like what do you see? What do you, what's it like in there as a teacher? I think that um, most teachers want change, especially the ones that have been here for a while. They know they want change. But one, one issue that we're kind of having, and, and it's kind of unique, is that um, you know Edgar Diaz and TVA, they're kind of speaking for all of us. Mm-hmm. Like Edgar makes it seem like all teachers, like he speaks for all of us. But surprisingly, he's never surveyed us. Uh, he's never asked our opinion or our input. We've never had an all member forum where we can say, hey, you know, we want to move together like this in this direction. He relies on he relies on an oligarchy. You know, basically, there's a leadership council that most of them have ran and been elected without without running against anyone. Because most teachers don't really buy into the union. Mm. So, um, you know, you, you look at like a union election, there's like uh, 1,200 teachers. And, and an election takes place and there's like 300 votes cast. Wow. So what does that tell you? Teachers aren't even like into the union. Yeah, teachers don't really. They don't really care about like the union. So I really wish that he would, you know, get member feedback and say, why don't we come together and decide as an organization which direction we're going to go. Are we going to fight the board every step of the way? And if the majority of our members say yes, uh, okay, let's do that. I do believe in democracy. But he has not done that. He, he's kind of moved at his own pace, and he's not soliciting member feedback. Um, I was speaking to a friend that, that's very close to the union, and you know, I, I, I've been involved in the union as well. And um, I was like, why is there not an opportunity for public comments at a union meeting? And they're like, well, uh, you know, uh, we just have never uh, had it. I'm like, well, we have one at the, the board. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, why can members not come and talk? Why don't we have all member meetings? We used to have them. And I'll tell you why. Because Edgar's terrified that people are going to huh. tell him how he really feel. Wow. Um, he, they like they like functioning like a little oligarchy. They love it. They could do whatever he wants. He's, he's advancing his own political agenda. Yeah, he's really kind of gotten to the 
spotlight lately, hasn't he? Like he's yeah. re- like all of a sudden he was like really speaking out against the school board. What a couple school board meetings he like really went after the school board. Yeah, and- I I wasn't a fan. Like as as a parent, right? Like being at the board member and seeing that he's coming up and giving a presentation as you know TVA. And then he almost used that whole presentation like if it was a public comment to like almost bash the board, you know. And I, I, right. I, I think that, you know, obviously I feel a certain way because I am pro board members. But I think that even parents sitting at home see that and they go, what is that about? What's going on? And, and so and real quick. So is there like chaos within the teachers because of this where nobody really knows where each other stands like it like, you know what i mean like i mean that you know not at all i think um i think the reality is that teachers are 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 hurting financially it's not necessarily the board's fault i mean we live in a in a in a in a in a state that's just really hit by inflation yeah you know gasoline yeah. is six dollars a gallon yeah. almost seven yeah know. yeah people are hurting financially so an extra eight percent could really help them um, so I think what you're seeing is just people are politicizing an issue and, and, and gaining support in the process. Um, I, I think that's the reality is m- most teachers, I mean, everybody's friendly. No, nobody's mad at each other. Nobody's divided. Okay. Um, okay. You okay. do have a handful of people protesting and, and they have every right to. Yeah. They do because, you know, we do work hard and we do deserve the raise. Um, I don't really know what happened with that, but um, <coughs> sorry. Um, it's all good. I have I have no doubt that the issue will be resolved. Yeah, and, th- and that's how I feel too. You know, I I don't know if you got that email that went out, um, and and our podcast was attached to the bottom of it. But I got an email, a weird email that same day, where somebody's like, "You shouldn't be sending things out like that." This and I'm like, "I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about, ma'am. I'm I'm sorry, you know." And uh, they send me they sent me the email, and it's like the whole pushback on what's going on and I just don't understand it and from my perspective I don't know what's going on either but as a parent I think and we talked about this the last episode I I don't have an issue with the teachers getting a raise or getting money or any, anything like that I don't feel like I should have any input on anybody's source of income at all at all but there's there's a lot of chaos being spun and we're going to address it as a podcast. I'm just going to wait till it's resolved and I'm going to reach out to parties involved and see if they want to come on and talk about it because you know, we like we addressed the, the elementary school, the TCI curriculum thing about how, Oh, they're banning books. The The board members are banning books. But then when we addressed it with Danny Gonzalez, it had absolutely right. nothing to do with that. Yeah, there's a little bit of a spin on it, huh? Yeah. And, 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 That's and unfortunate. this situation feels like the same thing a little bit. And, and the only reason why I feel that way is because there's just so much. I don't understand it. When I talk to people, we try to reach out to people about it. Nobody really is understanding what's going on. And from my experience, since we started the podcast, since I've been involved, when there's that bit of fog of war, um, there's, there's been a reason behind it. And, and, uh, I'm just, I'm excited for this next board meeting and, and to see how this plays out and, 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 and what comes of it. And I just hope we can just get back to normal, you know? Um, I don't know, man. I don't know if you have an opinion on that at all or, or you know, what? I, I don't really know what's happening. Um, 
with that, uh, I like I said, I do have faith that it's going to be resolved. I, I mean, I, I don't know what's going on. It sounds like there was some questions, some some things, and you know, um, hopefully we can work past it. Um, and I and I think that I mean, the board members from from what I've heard and and what I've seen and 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 I've I've spoken to a few of them at one point and they seem to be 100% pro teacher. <laughs> so um so yeah, I am I'm, I'm a little bit concerned, but you know what? Think about this, our raise is retroactive. So whether we get a raise today or 2 weeks from now, it's still retroactive. The money the money's the same. Yeah. So it's not like, "Oh, I I you know, I got it 2 weeks earlier, so I got a little bit more." No, it's called it's retroactive. Right. So I'm not entirely worried about it. Um you know, I know this sounds cliche, but the reality is I got into this career for the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I have every, every, every you know, confidence that we will get a raise. And yeah. um, it's probably going to be a good one. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. You know? I hope so, too. We man. really need it living uh, yeah, in California, for right? Sure, for yeah. sure. But like you I said, so every, everything that the board, the new board members have always said, they've always spoken really highly of teachers. So for like any parent to think that like the new board yeah. members are going to purposely like almost like i don't know they I, they're not against the board members aren't against the teachers they aren't against anybody they're just doing policies and stuff that they got voted in because they said that they would do and then they come on our podcast and they speak like respectfully and they give us their point of view like their thought process on things Kamrowski was a teacher so why would he know how hard it is to be a teacher and do all this stuff and then like they're not against teachers it's funny they have everything going against them they're getting heavily attacked from every single angle. From every angle, the that, district that, office. That's, yeah, that, that's what it. That's what it seems like, and it seems very divisive. But I think it has everything to do with what you said. I think they're ruffling feathers. Yeah, they're they're exactly. rocking the boat, and um, yeah, you I, know, yeah. One thing I've, I mean, I, I, I need to be clear. I, I am a hundred percent pro union. I, I always have been as a teacher. You know, um, the only issue I have is I feel like there was hasn't been enough member input. Because not all teachers feel the way that Edgar Diaz feels. Uh. And he has not given us a voice. He has not asked for input. He has not had an all-member meeting. And um, if he did, and the majority of our teachers were in favor of going a certain way, I would support them. But you see, but that and that's what I was talking about, the chaos, when I asked earlier, was it, it sounds like that... What, from what you're saying, right, is you don't even know how all of the TVEA no. members, nobody does. No, I mean, I, I don't know. I really don't know. That's um, unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. But most teachers are, you know, we're not really talking about it. We're just doing our job. For sure. Yeah. And and you guys are overworked and stressed, you know, yeah. and, and dealing with a bunch of internal drama, you know? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well... Ricardo, thank you for everything that you do, man. I appreciate you as a teacher, and and are I think being a teacher is the most important job, and I think that they're they're teaching our our youth, and I think that more effort and energy needs to go into that. And I know everybody says that, but just based off of like what we talked about here, and 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 what we talked about before with Steve was. It seems like there are teachers that become teachers and then just climb the corporate ladder to get to the district office to just kind of chill around and collect a paycheck. And I think that that's unfortunate. That's not what our school public school funding is for. Right. Right. And we could use those resources in the classroom. Yeah. You know, I have I mean, I understand there's people in the district office that work hard. Um, 
but those resources are needed in the classroom. Yeah. And that's a reality. And I hope that people that can hear my heart, you know, I'm, I'm not hating on the district office. I just realize that we are here for the kids. This is the number one priority. And yeah. um, they're not receiving those resources now. Wow. So let's make some change happen. Yeah. 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 Look, it's yeah. now. Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. people's eyes have been been opened, I think, as as of late. You know, like yeah. you said, they're like going to start looking into things about like, yeah, what is the district office and who's working there? What is your job title? Yeah. You're probably, you're probably <laughs> I'm sure if you looked into it, I'm sure you'd find a lot of uh, these very vague terms of job yeah. titles and. Oh, I'm the equity diversity <laughs> manager. You know, Derek, Derek's just the Derek assistant of the yeah. assistant of the yeah, assistant. Yeah, the assistant of the assistant. You know, so yeah. it's like, and of course, they're a mach- they're a machine though too. They, they don't are. Want, yeah. They don't want the boat rocked, and you can tell how much they don't want the boat rocked by how hard they're going after the new board. Right. It's so funny, right? Because it's, you would think our democratically they'd be elected because they got right. voted in right so there's no reason for the district office or or edgar diaz or anybody else to be like so hard against them from the jump because right. they must know they like i said they got voted in so why are you gonna like immediately take out somebody that you know your community voted in well i i think uh one of the one of the biggest pushbacks, right, is they say, well, only 25% of the community, they only got 25% of the voters' vote, the total possible voters' vote. Um, and it's funny, is, that, is that's always their, their thing. They always, it's like, oh, well, it wasn't a landslide. If you look at all the people who didn't vote, and it's like, oh, okay, well, I mean, fine. Allison Barclay won by 0.1%. What about that? <laughs> Like yeah. like a handful of votes, you know. It's like we can play that game all day. At the end of the day, there was an election. We voted. These people won. And I think the fact that people don't want to play nice and are upset that they're that our board members are conservative and they do have conservative values and they're standing on what they ran on. I think that those people are looking to just they enjoy the chaos and then they sit back and say, "Oh, look at what the board is doing." and that's kind of why we that was the main intent of why we started this is to we're we're looking for the truth you know like the the point blank truth platform the podcast we don't claim to know the truth or be the truth it's that we're probing for it and we welcome anyone to come on to give their side and and maybe i'm wrong on certain things maybe you're wrong on certain who knows but these questions need to be asked and you said it earlier you said it earlier is they don't like that the questions are being asked and th- and that's really what it what it seems like so yeah right. is there anything else you wanted to talk about man no you know what um thanks for having me i appreciate this chance to share um my thoughts and my opinions and um I'll keep up the good work you guys are doing great oh thank you man i thank appreciate you, man. it yeah i yeah. appreciate you coming on yeah it's always good that we try to bounce it out so we have one pro recall that we have a teacher but it's, I, I always want to talk to the teachers, of course, because you guys are actually boots on the ground. So you really know what's going on. Even when I talk to other people, I'm like, I haven't been in high school for 21 years, you know, 20 years. So, like, I have my memory of how it was. Like, right. you know, I always laugh. I'm like, I didn't know anything about my teachers. I don't know who they were dating, yeah. what their life was like. I didn't. When I was a kid, I didn't hang out with my teacher. I was <laughs> goofing off. But it was like because there was always a more of a strict boundary. Like, the teacher was there. And I understand nowadays, like, you know the teachers have close relationships but um 
yeah, the, and it, it's so funny. It just sounds like the district is not giving you guys a lot of your resources you need to help teach the kids. Right. And I feel like and then, but then they're blaming that on the board. On the board, because right? Because most general people, I just venture to say, unless you work in the school industry, you don't know how it all works. That's like trying to explain, like I said, the military to somebody. Like you would know because you're in, the, you know, from your experience or. If I had to explain how the restaurant business works from my ex- but but if you've never worked in a restaurant, they have no concept yeah. of like the times no in the clue. kitchen, how the cooks are, how the manager is, how chaotic it is. Oh, this person, oh, this is what's ruined. This is what's wrong with everything. So they, and they make it, I think, confusing like that on purpose, right? Like to right. me, it's like oh, you got the superintendent, and then you got the board. Well, the board controls the superintendent, but then you got the district office, and then you got the union, but then you got that union president, and then, so it has like all these different. Yeah, there's factions. all these moving, and and nobody knows, and it's easy for them to go. It's the board, it's the board's right. fault, you know. Right. Yeah, because that's the easiest thing to say, and like you said, there's just so much money involved too, because it's like every kid to. Or every parent usually has to you just put your kid in school and no questions asked. Yeah, so yeah. they've had a free ride. like, uh, And they might not even be bad people. I don't think they are bad people in the district office. But when you're getting like a cake, when you have a cake job and like inflation's high and somebody starts rocking the boat and like starts questioning your job, it's just like human nature right. to be like, we got to get rid of these board because they're yeah. actually making me like they're gonna cu- they're gonna find out that I was just a yes man that kind of got this right. job and I'm making two hundred grand a year, pretty much not having to do anything. Right, and, um, and I'm like, every board we've ever had has just been rubber stamps. That's yes. all they are. And yeah. um, to me, I, I I mean, if if the if the three board members that are actually doing something, if they listen to this, um, know that you're fighting the good fight, and our kids are definitely worth it. So keep fighting. Hell and, yeah. and for the other two that are just rubber stamps, it's like wake up. Yeah. You're not there for you. You're not there for a political agenda. You are there for the children. Ask the right questions. Go visit the classrooms, see what's really happening, talk to some teachers, and make a change. Well, because I, we can do better. I saw I saw a post from Stephen Swartz uh, campaigning for his next uh, position that he's aiming for. So I have a feeling he probably already dropped his pack there. But <laughs> oh, yeah, that guy's got to go. <laughs> but uh, and, and 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 let me say this before we close out. Um, anybody listening, you know. Um, if, if there's anybody who if, another teacher that that feels completely different than than Ricardo, please, please reach out. Come on. Let's yeah. hear your perspective like the, it's uh, this podcast is a platform for all of us. We're, we're looking for the truth and the reality of it. And with all of this stuff going on, um, I think a lot of parents feel like teachers hate the board members. And we have a teacher right here that 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 obviously doesn't. And I'm sure you know other teachers that stand with you. A lot of teachers stand with me. Yeah. So, uh, so please reach out if 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 you have uh, any opposition to anything we said here, and 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 I appreciate it. And thank you so much for coming on, Ricardo. I appreciate it, man. All right. Hey. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, and um, it's a pleasure being here. Cool. Thank you, brother. Cool. We'll see you guys later. Yeah.